Welcome to Sunday Sermons from the Williamsburg Community Chapel, brought to you by the Chapel Podcast Network. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-10 through 10 in the Message Translation. And I'll read the first five verses for us now, as we prepare to hear from Michael Simone, the founding pastor of Spring Branch Community Church, as he delivers his sermon titled, Your One Thing. Remember our history, friends, and be warned. All our ancestors were led by the providential cloud and taken miraculously through the sea. They went through the waters in a baptism like ours as Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation life. They all ate and drank identical food and drink, meals provided daily by God. They drank from the rock, God's fountain for them that stayed with them wherever they were. And the rock was Christ. But just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't seem to mean much. Most of them were defeated by temptation during the hard times in the desert, and God was not pleased. So one of the things that I really love are great TV commercials that grab you and take you somewhere. And I got one of those Christmas week, Philadelphia brand cream cheese. It's what I always, when I opened up the refrigerator when I was a kid, it was always there in that silver package. I don't think the packaging has changed in 100 years it just is just the same. Philadelphia brand cream cheese. And they had this great commercial where they said, don't just taste it. Experience it. Don't just taste it. Experience it. And I think that's what we all have just come through with Christmas week. And here we are in a new year. We don't just want to taste peripherally what's going on. We don't just want to be sitting in a seat. We want to really experience these things and experience God and experience what he does and what he what he can do. My Christmas began in Williamsburg with the journey to Jesus walking around this building. You did a fantastic job with that. The live nativity scene was fantastic. Uh, I was I was I was taken aback by one of the goats who was obviously not a Christian. He kept headbutting another goat and I said, hmm, I gotta get this this goat some Christianity here. But um, <laughs> It was just great all the way around. I took some fantastic pictures. If you're online, you're seeing a couple of the pictures that I took. Then I had Christmas Eve here with you and and lighting candles and being together. It was so wonderful. On Christmas Day, I awoke and I ventured out looking for coffee. And, And if there's anybody who has any connections in Williamsburg, I want to talk to you later, there was like no coffee in Williamsburg on Richmond Road on Christmas Day. Everything was closed. Starbucks was closed. McDonald's was closed. Wendy's was closed. Everything was closed. And then uh, even Wawa was shut down. Wawa was shut down. I couldn't believe it. And then a light broke on the horizon and I saw this little 7-Eleven and I ran inside and she goes, I'm only open for a couple more minutes. And I looked around and on the shelf was a sausage biscuit that had been there since last year. And I said, I just got to go with it. I just have to pray I, I don't get sick or anything. And I got that sausage biscuit, had an amazing Christmas morning with the sausage biscuit. Then we went over and we did presents uh, with Travis and Nina and the girls. Then we went bike riding. We went walking. Then we had my wife's famous meatballs. And then we had ice skating. We didn't just taste it. We experienced it. It was like we were all chasing that Christmas feeling to chase it down and embrace it and squeeze 
every last drop of meaning out of it. So the question that I want to give you for this new year is simply, what are you chasing? What are you chasing? I was watching some of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony when Paul McCartney came up to present an award. He talked about the time when the Beatles broke up. Uh, If you're like me, you remember that time. And it's like, what? But they broke up. And he said, what that left him with was a huge question in his life. What are you going to do now? Paul McCartney, what are you going to do now? Another way that question comes out in translation is what? are you chasing? What are you going to chase now? Because what you're chasing helps you to know who you are, who you really are, and where you are really going. One of my favorite writers in the Wall Street Journal wrote a question, a few questions, a few resolutions really about New Year's for 2022. Let me share a few of his observations with you. New Year's is approaching, and you know what that means. People making lofty public resolutions, they have no intention of keeping past January the 3rd, which is tomorrow. It's time to be more realistic, he says. Here's my my list of modest resolutions for 2022. Feel free to steal as many of these as you'd like. One, I will work to be a kinder and more generous human being, except when fried clams arrive, and then all bets are off. Second, I'm going to remember the first names of my two children at least 90% of the time. (laughs) Nobody's perfect. Jesse and Maisie. I mean Josie. (laughs) I'm going to stop getting into arguments with the neighborhood dogs. It's unproductive, and I don't understand what the dogs are saying half the time. (laughs) I am not going to climb a mountain, but I'm going to think about climbing a mountain, and then, admittedly, I won't climb a mountain. I'm going to play a round of golf without crying. I'm going to eat more breakfasts at home, more lunches with friends, and fewer dinners at gas stations. And then he finally gets down to his chasing moment. He says, I'm going to try to keep being positive, encouraging, and humane to my fellow citizens of the world. Because if we can't do that, then what is the point of any of this. He finally reveals what he is chasing. And so on this first Sunday of a new year, let me tell you an ancient and amazing chasing story about what are we going to do now. I'll just read briefly a few of those verses again that Travis just read. Remember our history, friends, and be warned. All our ancestors were led by the providential cloud and taken miraculously through the sea. They went through the waters in a baptism like ours as Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation life. They all ate and drank identical food and drink, meals provided daily by God. They drank from the rock, God's fountain for them that stayed with them wherever they were, and the rock was Christ. But just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't seem to mean much. Didn't seem to mean much. Most of them were defeated by temptation during the hard times in the desert, and God was not pleased. 
the same thing could happen to us. We must be on guard that we never get caught up in wanting our own way as they did. Led by Moses, they were chasing freedom and life in that desert. And they didn't know how to get there. It's a new year. What are you going to do now? What are you chasing? A pastor once talked about the one thing you will chase in a new year. And he gave a list. A habit you must break. There's something that you're doing that you got to stop doing. There's something that's got a hold of you that you've got to let go of. You've got to end that. A habit you must break. A goal you must accomplish. A project you must complete. A relationship you must restore. A relationship you must end. And let me add one more thing to that list. There's a value in the desert chase that you must see, that they didn't see, but you must see. They were led by the cloud. They went through the sea. They chased life coming out of death. Meals were catered by God. They didn't just taste it. They experienced it, but they missed it. And we could miss it too. Are chasing that one thing, whatever it is for you, our chasing of that one thing takes three moves. The first move is when the sand runs out, courage. When the sand runs out, courage. Here's my simple definition of courage. Courage is always doing whatever it takes to be who God wants you to be. Whatever it takes to be what God wants you to be, that's going to be your courageous moment. The Army-Navy game on December 11th proved to be very interesting. It was the 122nd gridiron matchup of Army and Navy. And Navy was an underdog. They had a losing record. They were supposed to get you know, smeared all over the field. They won the game 17-13, to 13, and they won it because of a courageous act that epitomized what their team was all about. This one play defined everything. Diego Fago was an All-American linebacker. I think he set a record for tackles this year for the Navy team. And he was sent in to help block on a fourth down punt. And this was going to give Navy a chance to come back and win the game. So Diego Fago comes in. He's lined up in formation over here. Let's put him over here. Let's put the, the kicker back there, okay? And let's you be the center, Okay, you're the center. Hey, get, turn around. You're going to snap it to me. Hey, you ready? And, and he snaps it, and he snaps it on a 45-degree angle. Thank you. Great job. Snaps it on a 45-degree angle, and it goes to Diego Fago. Diego Fago doesn't expect the ball. It's not the play. It's not supposed to happen, but he gets it, and I watch this on TV. He's very confused, but what do you do when you get the ball, I, I played high school football for a little bit, and I remember what we're supposed to, they, they taught us this. They said, if you see the ball, yell ball. <laughs> so I do that a lot sometimes in my spare time. I just yell ball, and, and it confuses people, especially, especially in elder meetings. But try it sometime in an elder meeting. Ball. So, so he's, he's, he has the ball, 
and it's 45 degree angle snap and he just, he runs with it and he makes the first down by a yard and so Navy is able to go on to win the game. But it was what he said after the game that was the stunner of all stunners. And this is what he, he said. And I, I watched this, and I ran it back, and I, I taped it, because this, this young lady was interviewing him, and this is what he said. I didn't know it was coming. Honestly, I attribute that to God. National television. I didn't know it was coming. Honestly, I attribute that to God. On Twitter, somebody observed, he obviously had no idea because that man had a hole the size of a destroyer to run through to get the first. He put his head down and played some great football. Here's my translation of that. When the ball came to him, he had the courage to run with it. Bob Dole put it this way. For greatness lies not in what office you hold, but on how honest you are in how you face adversity and your willingness to stand fast in hard places. Your willingness to stand fast in hard places. Most of them were defeated during the hard times in the desert. And God was not pleased. Rascal Flatts wrote a great song many years ago. And it was about a, a, a gentleman who, who stood at a graveside and, and he, he was trying to figure out what this person's life was all about. And then all of a sudden he realized that today was the first day of the rest of his life. And what was he going to do with the rest of his life? Was he going to have courage? Was he going to step up? Was he going to run with the ball? And he wrote these words into the song. I'm going to stop looking back and start moving on. And learn how to face my fears. Love with all of my heart. Make my mark. I want to leave something here. Go out on a ledge without any net. That's what I'm going to be about. I want to be running when the sand runs out. They didn't have courage. They were led by the cloud. They didn't have courage. They went through the sea. God catered all their meals. And they missed it. Only having the sand runs out kind of courage. Out on a ledge without any net. I want to be running when the sand runs out. Only the sand runs out courage will get you this year to your one thing. There's another thing that's going to get you to your one thing. It's what I call George Bailey compassion. Uh, just like my son, I like to watch It's a Wonderful Life every year, and I've watched it probably a hundred times, and, and he cries, and I cry, and, and, and it's just all about understanding the great value of compassion in life. And, and so, because I've watched it so many times, it's a wonderful life, I've had to do things to kind of keep myself engaged. So what I've done is I get my TV remote, and I stop it when I want to zoom in and see something that that looks interesting in the background that I haven't been able to see before because you just you know the movie just keeps going. So I stopped it this year, and I got my phone and I widened the, the angle and I zoomed in, and you'll see this online, but I'll have to describe it for you here. Here's Jimmy Stewart, and he's in his father's office. His father has passed away. And he's looking at a portrait of his dad, and underneath the picture of his dad is something that looks like a, a cross-stitched thing. Uh, and so that's what I zoomed in on. 
because you can't see it. It goes by so fast, you can't see it. When I zoomed in on it, this is what it said. All you can take with you is that which you have given away. All you can take with you is that which you have given away. George Bailey learned compassion from his father, and we have to learn compassion from our father. True compassion, true compassion always emanates from love. It's a love that God has given us. Let's look at how that's stated in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, once upon a time, but that God loved us in real time right now and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. God is love. First we were loved, now we love. He loved us first. If anyone boasts, I love God and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love that person, the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. And that's what makes it hard, doesn't it? You've got to love both. Loving God involves loving people. So I'm in the hospital the other day, and I'm doing a spirituality group with about four or five, six people. And, uh, and we're talking about the new year and everything. And this man and I don't know why he, he said this. It seemed to come out of nowhere. He says, I have never been loved. And he starts to cry. And he said, the people in the church I went to never loved me. They used me. They manipulated me. They made fun of me. I have never been loved and he just was crying he said the only time I felt love and this is a true story happened a couple days ago the only time I felt love was the other day when somebody gave me money to buy a soda you know what it feels like when you're a pastor and you hear something like that it just breaks your heart it just breaks your heart and when it says Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. That's not a suggestion. That's a responsibility that we have each and every day. You've got to love both. I do a lot of teaching on relationships. I do a lot of writing on relationships. I do a lot of reading on relationships. And, and every once in a while, I'll sit down and I'll say, what do I really know about relationships? So let me 
share with you what I really know about relationships. I believe you can have better relationships if you do some log from the eye removal every day. I believe we all have blind spots in our relationships that require additional help with log removal. And I know it's like that for me, and it's just big. I believe relationships that are stuck can get unstuck. I believe some relationships are broken, but there are lessons to be found in the brokenness. I believe there are necessary endings in relationships as the truth will always define reality. I believe you must learn more about how you set yourself up for difficulties in relationships with family and friends, how we set ourselves up for difficulties with family and friends. This is what I call the school of humility. I believe we are all responsible for our own relational and spiritual maturity. Pastors can teach, teachers can teach, counselors can can give insight and wisdom and help lead you to insight and wisdom. But at the end of the day, it's our own responsibility to own relational and spiritual maturity. I believe we desperately need God in all our relationships for his love will prevail in hard times. His love will take us through hard times. I believe our relationship with Jesus must be the preeminent relationship of our lives. He will lead us in and through love because God is love. Compassion always costs Compassion costs Jesus. Compassion costs us. Compassion emanates from God's love. The cross is a masterpiece of God's love. It's the move of George Bailey compassion that chases after love. And there must be now a third move to your chase. The move of ferocious conviction, the move of ferocious conviction, not just conviction, ferocious conviction. Uh, One thing that people don't really know about me that I'll reveal to all of you now in in vulnerability is I love magnets. I love magnets that say things, and I have them uh, in my office, on, on my a file cabinet, and I, I put them here, there, and everywhere. And, and here's the other side of that, of that coin. My wife hates magnets. And, and so, so to try to get at her sometimes, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak a magnet on the refrigerator. It lasts three seconds, always. She could be upstairs in the bathroom. Three seconds later, the magnet is gone. She hears the little click. She's, she's on it. Uh, you know, I'll, just, I'll stick it up there. Sometimes I'll do like a, a real estate calendar of the year, big one, like bam, and then boy, it's gone three seconds later. But I just, I love magnets. So in the mall the other day, I saw these magnets. I thought, oh, maybe I should buy a couple of these. And one of them was this. I run a tight shipwreck. <laughs> Think about that. It's a great magnet. Next one says, list of things I'm handling well. Number one. And then there's just a blank line. And that's it. Uh, you know, magnets, magnets preach Magnets, you know, I think God sends magnets into our lives. So, uh, but Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 1 is so clear. It doesn't ever have to be on a magnet. It's been there a couple thousand years. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Say Assurance. 
the conviction of things not seen. Say conviction. And I think in the, in the Greek, somewhere, you know, probably in the Amplified Bible, somewhere it says ferocious conviction. Bob Dole put it this way. He's the, the guy I got the ferocious from. In the end, what gets people through a physical or emotional crisis is not new technology, but it's faith that gives you the strength to endure. Faith that won't allow you to give up. Faith that manifests itself in ferocious determination to take the next step, the next one that everybody says is impossible. Ferocious conviction, ferocious determination will lead you toward your one thing. When the sand runs out, courage. George Bailey, compassion. Ferocious conviction. These three moves will always define all of your chasings. And all of your chasings will always define you. Let me give you the chasing lessons that they should have learned in the desert that they didn't learn, but they should have learned. God has chosen you for a mission and gifted you with everything you need. There will always be struggles, questions, and tests of faith. There will be hinge moments where everything swings on what you do next, on what you say next, on what you give next. The destination is always together. God will always define the moments of our lives with wisdom and grace. He redeems mistakes. God will push you to become everything he needs you to become. That's why you feel the push sometimes. It's God pushing you. Fear will challenge faith because giants will appear, but fear will challenge faith and you'll, you'll, you'll surmount that. You can never go back. Courage is moving ahead. Freedom is found in knowing God is faithful. You don't get all the answers according to your timetable. What was is not enough for what must be. The past is the story of God's sovereignty. The future is the story of God's relentless love. So what are you chasing in this new year? A habit you must break? A goal you must accomplish? A project you must complete? A relationship you must restore? A relationship you must end? Let me suggest one more thing. There is a value in the chase in the desert that you must see. In late March of this year, a rare work of Michelangelo Caravaggio, he painted in the 16th to the early 17th century, this, this rare work of Caravaggio was discovered in an obscure location in Spain not yet knowing it was a Caravaggio. The starting bid at auction was set for 1,500 euros, which is about 1,800 US dollars. So imagine this amazing painting, and you could be there and maybe bid $1,800, get a bunch of your friends together. I once got a bunch of my friends together, and we bid $1,200 for tickets to a Yankee game and a tour of Yankee Stadium by a retired Yankee. And we all pulled together and we got it. But this $1,800 would have been a miraculous bid. However, they found out it was a Carvaggio. 
The painting was a sleeper. It was a lost masterpiece. And when they realized it, as was reported in the Wall Street Journal, the chase was on. In the Wall Street Journal, it said, the chase was on. This painting of Jesus wearing a crown of thorns, being presented by Pontius Pilate to the crowd, would go for anywhere between 100 and 150 million dollars. So what made the artistic difference of seeing the value in the auction chase? What was the difference that took it from $1,800 to over $100 million? It was simply this. It was knowing who the creator was. Sometimes the creator shows up in a cloud to take you somewhere. He caters all the meals and he takes you through the sea. He leads you with that cloud. Sometimes the creator shows up in probably in a Philadelphia cream cheese commercial and he says, don't just taste it. Experience everything who I am. Sometimes he shows up with a crazy snap in an Army-Navy game and sometimes he shows up in a lost Caravaggio in Spain. But right now, right now, he's about to show up in your one thing for a new year. One thing is for certain. His love is the answer to whatever it is that you are chasing in 2022. Make sure you know the creator. Make sure you see the creator. Make sure you experience the creator in everything he wants to do in you and through you this new year. Courage, compassion, conviction. These three will always, always define all of your chasings. And all of your chasings will always define you and all of your relationships. Don't stop chasing. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us today. Here at the Williamsburg Community Chapel, we are all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we are excited to help you connect to Christ and His community. Have a blessed day.